Good evening, and welcome to take two tonight of the JMU Sports Blog <laughs> Podcast. Um, I'm back from vacation and really thrilled to be here with less than three weeks till, till the, season, the football season starts, and um, joined as always by my buddy Rob. How you doing, Rob? Doing well. How's everybody doing there? That certainly sounds a lot. A little bit te- technical, technical difficulties. I, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no worries. Didn't really, I think I had my headphones, but not the microphone, and whatever. We're all good. Mm-hmm. We are, um, we are thrilled to be here. We are under three weeks to the season. We are uh, about ready to really crank it up next week. Uh, we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, first, Rob, I want to say great job last week and a big thanks to our friend Chase Kitty uh, for filling in and helping you out last week. I thought that came off really well. Yeah, I had a lot of fun. It was, it was nice to have Chase on. Really appreciate um, him doing that and certainly all the knowledge he brings to the table. is fun. Yep. And thanks to Coach Shelly Gadon from tennis who joined me as well. Yeah, uh, gave us a really fun interview. I was very excited. Tennis is something that I obviously um, knew very little about at the collegiate level, but she was happy to uh, to kind of educate me and speak with a lot of enthusiasm about the new program. And she sounds like a great addition to the school and to the and to the athletic department. Yeah, big thanks to Coach and uh, to Katie Prince, the SID for tennis, uh, for helping us out with that. That was really cool. It's good, great, always great to get to highlight a program we don't um, all get to listen to too much or know much about. So thanks to everybody there. As always, we're brought to you by Pale Fire Brewing. Um, we're hoping to lock, lock down a, another season with Pale Fire this fall. But um, it's a great time to get back to the, to the uh, brewery there in Harrisonburg. Start getting cranking it up for the season. Encourage you to get down there, buy your growlers before the game for your tailgates. Um, Pale Fire's just doing some great stuff. We always enjoy working with them. And we best sponsor we've ever had. Only sponsor, only sponsor we ever had. So yeah, one in the same. Yeah, one in the same. One in the same. Um, Big thanks to them. Uh, The really exciting thing: we don't have anybody tonight. It's just going to be Rob and I tonight. Rob's going to sort of lead us through some of the notes from the scrimmage um, this past weekend, and a few notes around the program, the football program, sort of where we are. I don't know, getting close to the middle of fall camp, I guess, or around the middle of fall camp. Um, I'm going to kind of go around a few news and notes from the Dukes who are in the NFL preseason right now. Uh, A lot of kind of good notes in the last few days and over this first weekend of games, there were some uh, real standout performances and then one real nice signing to talk about. Uh, And then we'll do a short OT. But next week we are going to have Greg Medea from the DNR. And for those of you who listened with with us last year, we had Greg on and he was just a fantastic guest. One of the best we've had, obviously incredibly knowledgeable about the program. And by next week, it's, I think it's fair to say that the roster is going to be shaping up pretty well, or at least the depth chart, uh-huh. we hope. So it'll be really – we're really excited. I know, Rob, you thought Greg was definitely one of our best guests last year. Oh, I thought he was fantastic. Yeah. And I think any fan of JMU football is a fan of Greg's. Mm-hmm. He's just doing outstanding work um, on a daily basis, pumping right. out news uh, from camp. And not just, like, these little, like, you know, two second things that you see on a lot of uh, even pro or NFL beats. Yeah. He's really given like he's he put a little nice flavor on it. And, you know, he'll go through and hit all the highlights. But then he also has one kind of interesting I wouldn't call it a full feature because he's cranking them out you know, <laughs> right, right. <laughs> twice a day. But um, it's really neat. And you see, we, are, we are relying heavily on Greg's reporting to keep tabs. You know, it's unfortunately um, JMU is not Alabama. It is not Clemson. There are not national reporters. There's not a ton to go off of. But we feel very blessed to have Greg and, and we're really excited um, the coverage he's providing this year is like nothing I've ever seen before for Jamie football. So. Yeah, it's really great. And we, we may have another guest on, if not next week, then the weekend after. Um, we'll, we'll try to sort that out schedule-wise. Um, another old friend of the pod. So we'll see what happens. 
Um, Rob, did you want to start us out just kind of talking about some highlights from this weekend? And Yeah, well, I mean, unfortunately, now, now that we've got to go down there, but like I said, we are relying heavily on Greg's reporting. Though we have talked to some people or, or heard from some people mm-hmm. who were there. And to no surprise, uh, the highlight of Saturday seems to have been the defense. Uh, yeah. From everything that I've read, <laughs> it's just, you know, and I guess you kind of expect that with new quarterbacks working in and, um, you know, still a receiving core very much in kind of wet cement once beyond Stapleton and, and Eldridge. Um, but it really seems like the defense is not going to have a drastic drop-off from last year. No, they definitely were jumping on, not not necessarily any one of the QBs, but the fact that there's indecision, there's a QB battle. I think it makes the defense's job a little bit easier. Mm-hmm. That goes without saying. But they only gave up one touchdown. Um, it it sounds like even though there's a lot of newcomers to the defensive line, mm-hmm. that there is just ridiculous depth at that position. It does. We keep, yeah, we I keep mean, hearing and, the name Paris Black standing out. Yeah, so, yeah, you keep Paris Black, both the Carter brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, John Daka is a guy that people are very excited about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it just it's it's good. And a constant theme that Todd, you and I have talked about is how Houston has brought this feeling of competition to every spot. Yes, it it seems like that holds true on the defense, where mm-hmm. you still have guys you know transferring from Ohio State and not necessarily guaranteed a starting spot. You know, mm-hmm. still fighting for that, um, fighting for that safety position. Seem to be doing quite well and handling themselves, but it's really neat. It's it's just a very very exciting time to be a fan of your <laughs> fan of defensive football. Yeah. Um, Jimmy had another pick. I think he was he was covering Stapleton. Uh-huh. I think it was a deep ball. Like I don't know about you, but I would pay to see Stapleton and Moreland go up against each other. Yeah, me too. <laughs> you know, I'm very happy that Stapleton doesn't need to face Moreland on Saturdays. Uh-huh. I'm very happy that Moreland doesn't need to face a guy like Stapleton every Saturday. Uh-huh. But man, that would be fun. I yeah. mean, those are just two competitive guys that go up and get the ball. Uh, it sounds like on this one particular play, Jimmy got the best of him, but. I'm sure there are others were staples. Stapleton did his part. So I don't know. I mean, that, the big story to me was just the defense seemed to control it, mm-hmm. um, which is expected to some degree, but still very exciting. Yeah. And it just got me thinking, like, does, does Trot get enough love from the fan base? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, you you know, know, like, he, I, he's kind of a behind-the-scenes type guy. He doesn't seem like he wants to be a mouthpiece. Medea mm-hmm. did a great article about him, but he seems like – a quote-unquote football guy in the good sense, not mm-hmm. the crap going on at Maryland. Like, he <laughs> just wants to, like, get down to business, do his thing, have his guys, push guys, compete. But, I mean, we all love Houston. We talk about what a great staff he's put together and all these awesome things about the program. But I have had very few conversations about Trot himself. And no. just, the guy, he's put together some dominating defenses. He has. And, and really, if you think about it, his unit and his coaching is probably the difference between – back-to-back trips to Frisco and going out in the quarters or the semifinals the last couple of years. Right. Yeah. I mean, that first year, JMU was very much still full throttle, you know, leftover from the Withers year. Obviously they were great on offense all season that the year they won two years ago, but it was when they got to the playoffs and we'd been questioning the defense all year, but he had kind of had time to really implant the scheme that they became the team that won the championship. And then last year, you know, the defense really, carried them through a lot of inconsistency on offense and a lot of injuries on offense. Um, yeah. I mean, I think we felt last year, like that team and you, I, this kind of goes to what you were talking about, about just general depth and competition. You know, the first year's team had a pretty magical ride in terms of health until the suspensions and the stuff that happened in the playoffs. Yeah. Right. I mean, and that, and even that was pretty late into the playoffs. Um, last year's team, they got back to Frisco as, a collective unit that was not a 
they they were not the we, the team we saw in Frisco was not the team Houston probably envisioned being there at the beginning of the season last year on the offensive line at running back you know a number of places so yeah Trot's defense has become the real backbone of this team and I bet if you if you ask knowledgeable North Dakota State fans they would probably say and I think they did say pretty consistently after the championship that that was a whole different ball game for them playing against a defense like that. You know? Yeah. I, I just, yeah. He's just, he's kind of an unsung hero. Yeah. I don't think he I gets mean, enough love from outside of the hardcore fan base. Probably. No, I, yeah. I don't think so at all. No. And I think there's probably a lot of fans who can't name either coordinators. There's nothing wrong with that. No. You can, you can watch a game see everyone is passionate, but for a guy who's just the, the defenses he's put together, and like you said, it took him a while to kind of undo some of the habits <laughs> and the, I mean, the, the Withers was basically like, let's roll the ball out there and just put 11 athletes on the field and, and go get it. Yeah. He's like season, season two of a uh, last chance you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. You know, there's, there's nothing you can do. And, and against the CIA that worked, but against good teams, it didn't. Mm-hmm. Trout took that talent and made some, you know, moved some things around and got everybody to commit to the scheme and, mm-hmm. and play their assignment football. And it's neat when the article that I was talking about that Medea wrote about him, where he talks about how he's still getting guys who are likely starters, maybe reps with the second team, so that he can get some of the younger guys more reps with the first team because they need to learn the scheme more. And mm-hmm. I don't know, just, it's really interesting. When, when you got a guy, he's a guy that I feel like you could sit down and have beers with, and he could tell you football story after football story all night. And after like three hours, you would walk away knowing more, <laughs> learning more of those yes. three hours yes. than you had your entire your life. life. Yeah, I think football. you're right. Yeah. yeah. It's been so. funny because he both, you know, Houston really handles all of the, you know, public facing chores for the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. You know, we rarely see anything from Trot or Donnie Kirkpatrick on offense. Yeah. You know, fans, obviously with Kirkpatrick, I mean, I think all of us armchair fans are more plugged into like, what are they doing on offense? What, you know, yeah. is the offensive coordinator doing what we want him to do? You know, that kind of thing. You don't, the defensive coordinator is a quieter spot, but Trot seems to be extra quiet. Uh, which is fine with me if they keep crushing people. So, yeah, whatever yeah. works. Yeah. Whatever works. So Then the other thing that jumped out at me mm-hmm. reading about the, the scrimmage was the young guys competing. Again, we're beating this. Mm-hmm. This is a dead horse for us. But guys like John Daka, you know, mm-hmm. who it, it sounds like he – they say he probably would have had two or three sacks, except they blew the whistle dead. Okay. He's not even projected to start. Right. He's just – it sounds like he's just going to be like a pass rush specialist. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's quite a weapon to come in. You bring in a guy who is supposedly about as explosive as they get. I think he blew out his cleat was the big thing, <laughs> you know, coming off the line. But really, can just get after the quarterback. You got a guy like that you can bring in just on, you know, third down situations or obvious passing situations right. who, I mean, can get you five, ten sacks maybe this year. Is that conceivable? I, I yeah. don't know. But I don't know. Yeah, blowing out a cleat is a DJ Bryant style for sure. Yeah, yeah. That, that's crazy. Yeah. Um, the other guy on the offensive side of the ball, Josh Sims. Yeah, this is the one I, I really tried to unplug last week and, and sort of be not pay attention too much to anything, mm-hmm. um, which was a good thing for sort of the world at large. Oh, and, absolutely. But, but yeah. the one thing I the one thing I obviously wanted to that I did enjoy was you know looking for a little bit of JMU coverage, and uh, the Sims thing was the name that I kept hearing. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, we all know that we've got Stapleton and Eldridge, and they're going to be. The two primary targets, um, Cheatham had mm-hmm. a touchdown. That's great. You know, they've got a number of options at, at the tight end position. But Sims supposedly lined up in the slot and made a number of really fantastic catches uh, from, from both Danucci and Johnson, from what I heard. Good. Stapleton had a lot of good things to say about him. 
And it was interesting Stapleton saying, like, you know, he wasn't really surprised. Sims ran scout team last year, and according to Stapleton, made plays every week, you know, which which is one of those things. You you take your reps and you, you get better with them. So mm-hmm. um, he's a guy that I'm excited about. We, we're really curious to see who's going to be out there, maybe that third receiver situation. Uh-huh. Sims, Sims appears to have the early lead. It's kind of funny because, right, two years ago, that's a little bit what we heard about Stapleton. Yeah. Right? He was just the name that the hardcore fans talked about. But you did end it last year, obviously, you know, off the charts. So mm-hmm. hopefully a similar trajectory coming from Mr. Sims. It would certainly be great to have a third big target on the outside. Because with yeah. the running, running backs and tight ends, I think you're feeling pretty confident there's going to be lots of, you know, tertiary pieces on offense. But after Stapleton and Eldridge, I think we all have questions. So if whether it's Sims or somebody else, if, if there can be one or two more guys really step up, that would be yeah. huge. And if Sims can work out of the slot, that's something yeah. Eldridge can do. So you can, I mean, maybe flip-flop those guys, just give different looks. Eldridge, I think, is great on the outside or in the slot, making those tough inside catches. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's good to have as many threats as you can. The other guy that they're talking about and supposedly is playing quite well, this guy, Davis Patterson. Okay. He's a he's a walk on wide receiver from Yorktown up in Northern Virginia. Well, not, um, not a not, not a, football a football power. No, yeah, no, not no. Exactly. And you don't really think of walk ons of even seeing mm-hmm. the field, but he's been getting some some good reports as a guy who who's certainly exceeding maybe his reputation, and I mean that in the in the kindest possible way. I'm yes. not saying like the guy's right. a bum, but you don't normally expect uh, freshmen to mm-hmm. make many catches, but freshman walk ons that's really impressive. So. That's one to keep an eye on. I don't know where that would go. Like and that. then the other guy mm-hmm. is Mateo Jackson. Okay. True uh, freshman linebacker. Good to hear. Yeah, really good to hear. That, yeah, that's the position this is guy. that worries me the most probably. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but he's true freshman, and Houston has already said, you know, he's going to travel with the team and he's going to play. And there was an interesting quote. I think he said, is he ready to start? I don't know. But he's going to – that's pretty interesting. If after one scrimmage you're already like, eh, like maybe you're not, you're not saying let's not be <laughs> crazy here, right? You're, you're not like, ruling it out, right? Yeah, exactly. You're, you're not being like, oh, he's a freshman. We'll see. He's, you're saying, yeah, I don't know if he's ready to start. That's that either says a lot about him, or maybe we should be more concerned about the linebacker position. I don't know. <laughs> I, I think it's more about him. Well, and, both of those positions, there's certainly opportunity. Yeah, those definitely. are probably two of the, along with safety, maybe the only three spots on the team where there's clearly for someone to jump up in camp and get some minutes. Yeah. You the know. other thing is Curtis Oliver, they said, mm-hmm. was lining up and playing some, some outside linebacker. Okay. Um, you know, last year he mostly he played does corner love to come up. I slot. Mean, yeah, he likes he played, to play up in the box a lot. So. Yeah. And they yeah. said this was just a way to keep him on the field. Last year he, you know, behind the other corners, it's tough, <laughs> tough one to crack to get yeah. there. But he played a lot of nickel situation or guarded the guys in the slot. And they're just trying to find a situation where they can keep on the field. So that's good with versatility. And I love the idea of just, you know, finding ways to, to have your strong players play multiple positions. Yeah. Um, is always a good thing. And again, well, with that competition drum we've been beating. Yeah. And when they play Villanova and Delaware, some of the teams who do still, you know, have a more run oriented scheme, it would be nice to still see your best players on the field. Exactly. Yeah, that's right. In a, um, in a mean, more disciplined manner than we were referring to under the right. I mean, Yeah, that's I, exactly. Yeah. I mean, Richmond, New Hampshire, they're going to need Oliver and everybody to play, you know, defensive back and deal with their passing attack. But yep. against the other two, yeah, that's, that's good news. Yeah, absolutely. Cause I, I liked him. He, he played well last year. I think he started all but one game. Um, you know, he, I'm sure – I think he had one interception. Okay. Because yep. – Everybody in the defensive backfield seemed to get at least one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But he also made a lot Most of Most of them got one in the, same, the same, uh, South Dakota State game. Yeah. yeah. 
but he's a guy who can come up and make the plays. And I, I think if he could develop into somewhat of a run stopper as well, that could be a really fun, fun situation for Jamie fans. Sure thing. And yeah. then the one that everybody wants to talk about is QB battle. And mm-hmm. I personally feel like we have gotten zero clarity on, <laughs> on the position. I, it went to like, you know, initially going in, I believe most fans thought it was Danucci and Johnson. Then there seemed to be a little bit of, oh, no, let's don't rule out Gage Maloney. He's still very good and he's very talented. It appears that that's not really the situation right now. Maloney, right. Houston has said he's got the talent. He's a future starter, mm-hmm. which is which is terrific. And everybody says he's got a lot of arm talent. And but, also code for not starting yeah, <laughs> this year. Right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it, it, ain't, it ain't on him this year. No. Um, that's fine. But I don't know. I mean, Danucci and Johnson, I heard both made some good throws. Both probably had some questionable plays, mm-hmm. um, which is what you'd expect. That's going to be the big focus of yep. the next couple weeks. And the thing that we as fans most want to know, I think it's also the thing that we as fans are least likely to find out anything about. Yeah. Like, I, I'll, I'll be interested to talk to Greg, but uh-huh. I get the sense that Houston is playing this one really close to the best and probably not, not without reason. I don't think he's like sitting on it or he's indecisive. I think it really is up up for grabs at this point. Yeah, and I don't. It's funny. I'm interested in it, but I'm not that concerned about it. Uh, you know, I just, I, I guess the way I think of it is, you know, all the stuff they run in the scrimmage and in preseason is they're working on things, and so occasionally people are going to make mistakes, or the defense is going to be prepared for that. And I, I think Houston's ultimate. You know, we're just never going to see behind the scenes. I mean, I'd have to think if you're Houston and Kirkpatrick, you're thinking about who is the guy that at game speed running game plays, all they have to do is not mess things up with the, you know, Cadillac of an offense they have around them. Right. And I I don't know that we're as fans going to be able to sort of see that from a scrimmage. So, yeah, I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. I'm not that concerned either. I don't think this is necessarily a quarterback. is obviously important. You can make the argument. Mm -hmm. It's the most important position in the game. Mm Mm-hmm. But this doesn't appear to be a particularly quarterback-dependent system or team. Mm-hmm. And, and that's not to say that good play can't help. It obviously can, and you know, bad play will hurt. It's the brilliant analysis you come to expect from Jamie USB. But, <laughs> but I don't think – they don't need, like, a Loletta-type situation. They don't need somebody to completely take over. I, I, game manager has such a negative connotation. But I think you summed it up well. They just need somebody to make the right reads, make the right decisions – and not screw up, you know? It, it, yeah, it I mean, I think the read is, right, is Riley double covered? Because if he's not, throw it to Riley. Yeah. You know, if the play is designed for Eldridge coming across the middle, is that play there? You know, if you're supposed to hand it off to Carden Johnson, hand it off to Carden Johnson or Marcus Marshall. Like, I, I don't think this is a, you know, a genius thing. Don't get sacked. Dump it out to Marcus Marshall in the flat. You know, I mean, I, I really do. I think you throw slants, you're going to throw – Fades down the sidelines. I mean, I, I, it, you know, you don't need everybody to be Brian Shore and Van Lee this year. I, no, I think with this offensive line and the way the running game could be this year, you know, even if NC State notwithstanding, uh, what the running game could shape up to be, you just need the quarterback to make the right read and not make a terrible mistake. Yeah. I mean, Correct. which really comes down to not making a bad read. Yeah. You know, if Riley's one-on-one on the outside and you throw it up there, I don't think that's a bad, you know, that doesn't mean occasionally something bad is not going to happen, but that's not, I'm not going to ever fault a guy for that. No, we so. saw Shore do that last year. Yeah. So. Short a lot of deep picks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at, at certain sense, it was good to see him go for it. Mm-hmm. Two years ago, 
he had receivers that would just go up and get it. And he got yeah. a lot of balls that were every bit as kind of 50-50 that just didn't go his way. That last year, maybe the, the defense got it. So I think both these guys are talented enough to run the offense. Mm-hmm. I guess that's what's coming. Like, I don't want people to think this is negative. We're like, no. oh, QB doesn't matter. These guys are just, you know, they're just going to do the bare minimum. Actually, the complete opposite. I, I think we've got enough confidence that both these guys have the talent and they've got the grasp of the offense. We've seen Danucci, you know, play even in limited minutes at Pitt. That's a, it's a faster game at some level in there. He did fine. Right. Wasn't late in the world on fire, but, but did fine, you know, played in, played in some big games and made some nice throws. And we saw Johnson step up as a freshman, get thrown into some tough situations up at Villanova. Um, mm-hmm. That was kind of a grinded out game, but he made some smart plays there. And then he made some terrific throws against Elon the week after yeah. um, when the team was, you know, they needed a big win heading in the playoffs. He gave them what they needed. So we've seen these guys, even in their young careers, do things that give us confidence they can handle it mm-hmm. and also give us confidence that I don't think – there's not like a huge downside here. The, we're not struggling. This is not one of those QB competitions where it's like, oh, man, who's going to suck the least? It's right. really somebody's going to beat somebody out and they're going to have a quality backup and – the offense is about much more than the QB. As you mentioned, it's, you know, kind of cliche just to say, you know, the offensive line is going to dictate things, but that I think is going to be a stronger unit earlier in the season than it was last year. It's, last mm-hmm. year's was pretty good, but there was some build up. I think this right. year we, we could see some better play out of the gate. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully if they stay healthy, I think team. Yeah, I think so too. Well, that's all good news. I think we're uh, looking forward to, what are we at, 18 days away or something? Yeah, <laughs> no, it's, it's getting yeah. close. It's getting, getting close. close. So really, really exciting times. Um, the one other thing we wanted to do tonight was kind of go around. We wanted to mention one note from today from some Dukes who have gone on to the next level. And then just a couple notes from around that league. You know, it's possible there are nine guys with teams in the league right now still with teams. It's probable that not all of those guys are going to make those teams, maybe even not all make those practice squads. We certainly are rooting for each and every one of them. Uh, I don't think we're going to cover everyone today. But it is kind of fun right now when we get to, I don't know, NFL fans, Rob and I uh, don't watch a ton of preseason. I'm sure most other people don't either. Or any. (laughs) Or any, any. Yeah. Yeah. Um, But obviously we do look for things going on with the JMU guys. And uh, one really cool note from today was the Bengals – um, picked back up, gave Simeon Robinson a contract for the rest of camp, at least. Uh, he was a guy that they had taken a look at late this summer in rookie camp and then not brought it, not invited to training camp. So I don't know if they've had injuries or whatever, but uh, really cool to see Simeon Robinson become the ninth Duke in a camp this fall. Certainly a guy that we thought was deserving. And, um, you know, it's cool that he went back to the Bengals, a team that had taken a look at him in the summer. So they obviously think maybe there's something there. So yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, the one highlight that I think every fan probably has seen from this past weekend is Daniel Brown just rumbling up and down the field for the Chicago Bears. Um, I don't know. He had like a 53-yard reception that was very reminiscent of his days wearing Riley Stapleton's number back at JMU when he was a wide receiver and not a tight end. Uh, that's pretty exciting. I, I don't know. I think he had like I – mean, he had a bunch of catches and a ton of yards, and one of those was you know, a 50-plus-yard reception where he did most of the, the work. Uh, so really exciting. I mean, I hope that bodes well. I, I, I have no idea what the Bears tight end situation is. Um, I but think he's they, a guy... kept, they kept four or five on the roster last year. They had, it was, they did. And he, you know, he managed to be one of those mm-hmm. guys. But 
Um, hopefully they do the same thing this year. Mm-hmm. And then two other guys, I mean, we should mention, well, before we get to the two other guys, we should mention Arthur Motes seems to be settling in nicely with the Cardinals. Uh, he did get a chance to go out there, so that's good news. Uh, we should mention Raven Green seems to be getting an op- a real opportunity with the Packers, so that's exciting. But the two guys that really, I, I think, have stood out for JMU fans over the this early part of camp have been the Eagles have been incredibly high on Rashard Davis. He is doing a lot of their yeah. – Yeah. They're that doing... makes me both happy and sad. I know. I know. You know because like, it's the Eagles, I'm so, right? I'm so happy for him, but just yeah. it's not – not, it's great that a guy is breaking with – it pains me to say it, but like – A really good team. A, a really good team. Right, right. Um, yeah. A really good team. Yeah. Um, yeah. And doing it in a number of different ways. You know, he's getting a lot of praise for Peterson about catching you – know, for his plate receiver. And not then the same thing with team. Carson Wentz now, saying, "Yeah, this guy's really good. He's, he really brings unique stuff. He's doing a lot of the return duties, so that makes you think he's, you know, he has a good chance to get a shot to be on the roster. Whether he gets to play wide receiver or not when the regular season comes is a different story. But yeah, the fact that he's doing both things and impressing people in both ways is really exciting. Um, yeah, that is. That yeah, is, uh, and and the other guy is I think Bills fans have been really high on Dean Marlowe, a name we mm-hmm. haven't." Haven't talked about much in the last couple of years. He's played with the Panthers the first couple of years of his career, but has been injured quite a bit. I mean, and did get to play. I think he played in four or five games last year. I mean, has always been a guy that got to play when he was healthy. And I think the Panthers down here, they were pretty high on his long-term potential and he just couldn't stay healthy, but he certainly has caught the eye. It seems like of the bills folks up there this year. And that's exciting too, to a name we haven't heard in a couple of years um, sticking around. So, uh, you know, and then there's Aaron Stinney and Josh Wells, certainly some offensive linemen. I don't, I, I don't know what to say about it, right? Uh, and Earl um, Watford. Watford. Yeah, with all, the, with the Bears. All those guys, I, you know, I have no idea what to make of linemen play in, in, at the next level. And it's tough to find any reports. I checked the game yeah. reports after all the preseason games for every team that, Jamie, you guys are on. Mm-hmm. You, you don't get a lot of – mentions of you know tackle and guard play no no i saw watford has been playing a lot of plays i don't know what that means right but yeah yeah, um but that's really exciting for a lot of those guys i mean that's nine guys and and it certainly looks like four or five of them have you know shots to be real contributors for their for some pretty cool teams this year so that's really exciting so hopefully we wish all those guys luck and all of us will be following them as we go along through the preseason um, Rob, you want to introduce us for a quick overtime tonight? Yeah, we will keep it quick. We're just going to do some of our favorite cover songs. Mm-hmm. No particular order. We each chose three. Yep. And we will just talk about song we like and whatever. So you want to kick it off? Something? Sure. Um, I, I might be stealing. The only one of – I'm kind of going old man here for two of mine. Um, oh, I definitely am. Okay. But uh, I think I, – we may have talked about this one before at some point, but the Johnny Cash version of Hurt. Yes, obviously, I think uh, an all timer. Um, hard to imagine a song that was written by one person that even that person says is is uh, was clearly made meant for someone else. You know? Yeah, yeah. So well, I mean, Aretha Franklin fans today of all days will, will tell you she certainly. Yeah, I'm going to get to that one. <laughs> some of those. Yeah. <laughs> okay. No, that's a great one. Yeah. That's one of those things. It also makes you appreciate uh, Trent Reznor as mm-hmm. a songwriter mm-hmm. when you can hear a song stripped down like Cash did it, and it's still just it's even better. So yes. that's a great choice. Um, I've got one that I'm sure you'll know. I'm not not quite as confident that everybody else will, but it's a cover of a song by The Verve called "The Drugs Don't Work," yes. done by Ben Harper. Yeah. 
um, it's one of my four or five favorite Ben Harper songs and in one of his four or five genres that he will play in, but <laughs> it's really just great. He just does a stripped down acoustic version. I, I, you can hear it all the time. You ever go see him in concert he plays a lot, but it also was on one of his live albums mm-hmm. um, years ago. One of the, the, he did like a double album. It's like one acoustic yeah, yeah. one and it was on that. And that's just my, that song just kills it. Is that the, the Verve live, live version, from Mars? Yeah. 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 The Verve version is fantastic, but I like Ben Harper's much better. Yeah. These are always funny. Cause it's so hard to, for me, I, I was thinking about these today. There are so many of them that I'm like, the cover is really great, but I can't do it because the original, like I it's... still love the original, you know? Oh yeah. Um, I don't know if you were going to talk about Whitney Houston, but you know, I, oh. it's hard to argue with anyone who prefers the Whitney Houston version, but I would I bl- argue I think the Dolly, Dolly Parton think... song is one yeah. of the best written songs of all time. Right. Yeah. 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 Well, that, that speaks to her as a songwriter. Right. Right. Yeah. And I mean, her own version is just a totally different song and completely different. Yeah. And, and, yeah. It, and it's great in its own right. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. My next one was uh, Respect. Uh, that's Aretha covering Otis Redding. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think, I mean, I think everybody loves Otis Redding. I don't think most of us think of that as an Otis Redding song. Um, it, you know, there's not a, it's hard to think of a bigger song of the 20th century than Aretha doing Respect, right? Oh, I yeah. mean, a more important sort of like iconic cultural song than that I, I don't very very few can can reach those heights and certainly i, I mean i love Otis Redding, but that's an aretha song <laughs> oh, without a doubt right. that's an iconic american yeah. song yeah yeah okay my next one is uh i'm going down mm-hmm. the springsteen song covered by vampire weekend oh yeah have you ever heard that they have, have, have like some sort of like un- they did an unplugged or something like mm-hmm. that it's very low-key um a lot of like hand clapping, but I'm a big Bruce fan, not as big as the, typ- like, <laughs> the yeah, typical sports. sports uh, well, yeah, it's, and, I yeah. mean, not, not your typical, you know, middle aged white guy. Um, right. I'm up there, but not to the degrees of fandom. You know, I, I'm not spending 15 grand to go see him on Broadway or anything. <laughs> I do like Bruce a lot. I really, really enjoy this version. It's enough that you know immediately that it's the, what it is, but it's different enough that it puts a unique spin on it and just adds a little bit of flavor. So, and I do love Vampire Weekend. So, yeah, yes. that's pretty great. Yeah, my, my favorite, probably my favorite cover song of all time is the Ike and Tina, Proud Mary, mm-hmm. uh, covering uh, Credence. Uh, I don't know. I just, I, I'm a huge, huge sucker for Ike and Tina. Uh, well, yeah. he's just such a good guy. <laughs> so, so, yeah. Right. Despicable um, human being. But, yes. um, very talented musician. But we have a wonderful old friend who used to live one summer at the beach with your sister, Rob. Um, yes, Jennifer Myers, Ms. who, Myers. Um, yes, Tina herself, mm-hmm. um, who just could do a absolutely stunning <laughs> cover of I Can Tina covering Credence at <laughs> two o'clock in the morning uh, on demand. So yeah, that, that is, I mean, Proud Mary, I Can Tina is as good as it gets. That's Phil Spector days and everything. Yeah. Yeah. That's another peak. really great guy right there. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, you know, we're yeah. really, really playing the hits here. Really highlighting some, some good, good, yeah. good, good men there. Yeah. All right, my last one. Um, I'm going to go into the Mystic, the Green Sky Bluegrass cover of Van Morrison. Oh yeah. Um, Another are, one that's hard. Yeah. Yeah, yes. they, they do fantastic. I mean, Van Morrison, jeez, that that song gets me. Yeah. No matter who covers it, gets me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Green Sky Green Sky I, Bluegrass version is particularly uh, stunning and kind of breathtaking. Um, they also do a terrific, I didn't want to choose two Springsteen covers, mm-hmm. but they do a fantastic Atlantic City, which is my favorite Springsteen song of all time. 
Um, but Into the Mystic is, is my favorite one. It's by funny them, though, of one of my the, favorite songs. The band Atlantic City is probably my favorite version of that song. Really? So, yeah. So <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, that's another one that's been covered. Oh, that's, yeah. Obviously I mean, that's, been covered a lot. Um, but, once, but the, yeah, that's a really good choice, Rob. Yeah. 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 One note on this I did think about um, Sinead O'Connor, Nothing Compares, but that's not really a cover. Prince no, actually wrote Prince that for wrote her. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's a genius bit of songwriting as well but not really a cover um i think we've both talked about jeff buckley hallelujah before probably yeah um everybody covers leonard cohen so i don't know um patty smith doing gloria covering van morrison mm-hmm. I- i'm not a big patty smith fan but that was another one i thought of but yeah that's a really good finish one there rob so well i think so yes i think so yeah so i think that about takes us to the end you got anything else to add rob no, um, basketball out of conference came out today and it's pretty decent, you know, good regional mix. You got ODU and George Mason on the schedule, which is, is good for, uh, ODU on the schedule. Yeah. All right. I, I mean, I think it's good to play those kind of regional things. And I do too. I, I'm okay. This is, people can check it out. It's, it's not a schedule that's going to turn any heads in terms of national names, but I think for a program at the stage of where Lou Rose JMU program is, uh, it's more important to maybe develop winning as a habit. And I think this is the sort of schedule where you, you could possibly do that. It's not a bunch of pushovers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are two D3 games, but those are whatever local things. And I, I don't know why they do that. But, mm-hmm. um, but whatever, a bunch of regional games, type of things that will be competitive, but hopefully teach them how to win heading into the conference season. Yeah, I don't get fired up about the D3 games. I, I mean, yeah, no. it's, if, if they're playing for an at-large bid, great. You know, then we can get fired up about it. But right now they need to get over 500. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah, like and, and I mean, you, you do it. It's if you can schedule those things when the students aren't on campus. Yeah, it's, it's really a good hard way to draw tickets. Some, yeah, it's, exactly. Draw some fans in from from EMU and Bridgewater. Yeah. Um, whatever. I but, guess one snide scheduling comment. It is, um, you know, I, I feel like I say this every year, but it's always a little disappointing when the basketball schedule comes out before the television schedule for football. Yeah. Like, <laughs> so I, I mean, I, I know they're trying their best, and they're in a tough spot in terms of scheduling games for TV and stuff right now. But uh, yeah, still kind of hoping to hear what our away game slate looks like <laughs> this year. Yeah. 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 So. Make, make things a lot more interesting if we can watch instead of just listen. You're right. Yeah. Or, or watch in the archive the next day or whatever. Yeah. 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 But once again, thanks to Pale Fire. Um, everybody go, go pick up Pale Fire. They're available all over Virginia now. Being distributed in a lot of different places, especially up there in Northern Virginia, D.C. area. Um, check them out. We are, uh, we're bugging them for another run. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Go by the tap room and mention the JMU sports blog podcast and you get a free plank class. So that promotion is still ongoing. And if a few of you looking at you, Zach, Laura and Ben Markowitz and Bob and Andy and our, all our Harrisonburg friends go down there and just remind them we're around. Yes. Uh, yeah. It would be, it would be very helpful mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. before we get there in September. So Really looking forward to having Greg Medea from the DNR next week. And, Rob, I will talk to you then. Yeah, have a good one, everybody. All right. Go Dukes.
Clean Show. <laughs>